Ready to get into the word this morning? Got a couple of questions for you connected with some pictures this morning. Uh, first one, would you cross this bridge? Would you cross that bridge? <laughs> uh, next, would you sit in this chair? Uh, or number three, would you buy a car from this guy? Okay, why not? Why wouldn't we do these things, right? Because we can discern as we look at those things and consider those things that there are inherent problems, right? And therefore, we would not trust our well-being to any of them, right? No, we want to we buy from reputable sources, don't we? We want to put our weight, so to speak, on that which is strong and secure, don't we? And yet, you and I, at times, have probably entrusted some of the most important foundational aspects of our lives to that which is inherently faulty, unreliable, and problematic. What do I mean? Well, we're leaving behind a very challenging year, aren't we? And as we look at the year ahead, we still have a lot of questions, a lot of unknowns, a lot of potential challenges, right? The question is, on what does our sense of well-being rest? On what does our sense of well-being rest? Is it people or things or circumstances? all of which can change in various ways very quickly? Or does our sense of well-being rest upon the only sure, reliable, and unchanging thing in existence, which is the Lord himself? Now, I would guess that we would all say that we rest our well-being on the Lord. But in practice... Is that truly the case? I know it isn't always for me, and I suspect that I'm kind of like other people, um, that it might not be for you either. And my hope is, as we explore this this morning, uh, that you and I can get a better sense of just where we're at and make the kind of heart changes that are going to set us up for uh, living a life strong and sure, no matter what is up ahead uh, in 2021 or beyond. We want to be sure on solid ground, right? Now, earlier in December, we looked at Psalm 18 in a message that I called uh, the Lord our rock. Um, but as this message today was impressed on my heart, I just kept going back to that idea of the rock and what the rock symbolizes, that firm, solid ground under our feet, that foundation for our lives. So I'm, I'm going to, there might be a couple of weeks in between, but I'm going to call this the Lord our rock part two. Several places in scripture, the Lord is referred to as a rock. 
And, and one, of the, one of the biblical things that, that, that you see, um, principles, is when the Lord repeats something over and over and over again, he's, he's really making a point, right? Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 31. For their rock is not as our rock. Meaning people without the Lord, right? They don't have a foundation like ours. Again, it's the foundation for their lives are, is built on things that are unsure and unreliable, not like the Lord. Amen? 1 Samuel 2.2, 2, there is none holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. Psalm 18, again, verse 31, for who is God but the Lord, and who is a rock? except our God. Who can really be a rock besides him? Isaiah 26, 4, trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. He alone, unchangeable, eternal. Psalm 62, 2, he alone is my rock, my salvation, my fortress, I shall not be greatly shaken. When you and I get to the point where we can honestly say that he alone is my rock, then no matter what we face, no matter what the new year brings, no matter what the future brings to us, we will not be greatly shaken. Isn't that what you want to look forward to? Come what may. We don't have to look ahead with anxiety. What about this? What about this? What's going on here? That we can say, you know what? It really doesn't matter. Because my life is founded on the rock. And I will not be greatly shaken. He alone is strong, unchanging, immovable. Now, as I meditated prayerfully on this, I came to realize that you and I have some very basic needs that kind of serve as the foundation for our sense of well-being. And, 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 I, and I thought about five of them. Uh, one is love. Two is value. Three, security. Four, purpose. And five, hope. We have needs for all these. Love, value, security, purpose, and hope. And the thing is, when you and I lack in any one of these areas, it throws us out of kilter, doesn't it? It affects the rest of our lives, sometimes critically. It can affect our mental and emotional health, our relationships, our attitudes, and our actions if one of these things or more is out of sorts. So, let me ask you this morning, have you ever felt in your life in any degree unloved, not valuable, insecure, like you had no real purpose? or that there was no hope ahead. 
If you have, you know how any one of those things affects the rest of your life, don't you? And I'm sure we've all been to one of those places at one time or another. And because we are human beings living in the world, we sometimes look to people, things, or circumstances to provide for those needs. All things which we know from experience are not sure, unchanging and immovable, and yet we keep going back, don't we? Thinking that, that well, maybe, maybe somehow this time, this person, this thing, this circumstance is finally going to do it. But it never will. Because it can't. Because none of those things, no person, no thing, no circumstance is immovable, unchanging, certain. There is no rock but the Lord our God. Let me explore these five areas briefly, and I I, I think this will become clear rather quickly. Number one, let's look at love. We have a deep need for love, don't we? But what do you and I know and understand about human love? Oh, we like to read fairy tales, don't we? Where the the man and the woman's love, you know, it just conquers all kinds of obstacles, overcomes so many things. And then in the end, they get together and they ride off into the sunset, quote, happily ever after. Where that same love that overcame so much easily maneuvers over things like money problems, squabbling teenagers, and toilet seats left in the wrong position, right? None of those things would ever factor in because the feelings never diminish. And self-sacrifice knows no bounds. And that's why it's called a fairy tale, right? It's not reality. But even if, Let's say even if you and I had those very few people in our lives where love was never questioned, never questioned, what happens when other people in our lives reject us, misunderstand us, oppose our view, right? It still drags us down, doesn't it? I don't know. I, growing up, you know, my mom was, you know, like most of us, my biggest cheerleader. But that wasn't enough when I went to school and maybe was rejected by this crowd or this crowd over there. It didn't, you know, I knew my mom loved me unconditionally. But school's hard. Finding, finding that niche, finding that, that place uh, in, in friends is a difficult thing, right? And if that wasn't working out, my mom could give me all the, the love, you know, right? So human love, it's, 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 it can't meet the need. Human love is frail. It's often conditional, isn't it? It's subject to misinformation. It's often shaped by its own needs and circumstances. 
And so it's never fully able to meet the needs of another. Now, God's love, on the other hand, is unconditional, right? It's not based on who we are at all, but based on who God is. God is love, 1 John 4, 8. So only he can fulfill that deep need in our hearts for pure, unconditional, just as we are each and every day, unchanging, consistent love. Only he can be that rock where we can know beyond a doubt, day in and day out, that we are loved. Amen. Second, value. Value. We have a need to to feel valued. Think about it. Uh, Value in our society, though, in this world, it's tied to looks, abilities, positions, possessions, right? All of which can and do change. We can be valued by others one day and not the next. And depending on how others treat us and and other different valuables, we can feel valuable one day and not the next. Only God values us apart from anything that we have, apart from anything that we do. It was he who looked upon creation Genesis chapter 1, and determined that it was very good. Before Adam and Eve did anything, he looked at them and said, this is very good. He valued them. Why? Because they were a unique creation of his, fearfully and wonderfully made, the psalmist says. And for no other reason, God valued them. You and I have intrinsic value to God, no matter what, just without doing anything, without having anything, without accomplishing anything. We have value to God, immense value, just like we are. Just for who we are, warts and all, right? So much so, think about it, so much so, that Jesus was willing to go to the cross for us. Can can, can you be any more valuable than that? Right? We have value. Beyond our successes, beyond our failures, we have value, consistent, immovable to God our rock. So where should we get our value from? Number three, security. Security, very important for us to feel secure. Money, jobs, living conditions, health, relationships, circumstances, all subject to change without notice. Right? Storms, fires, accidents, pandemics. All of this stuff can come into our lives 
at an instant, making everything else insecure. So think about that. As you, as you step into your day, what does your sense of security rest upon? 30 years on the job, family situation, friends, right? Any situation that you happen to be in, is that what gives you your sense of as you walk into the day? Because any one of those things can be gone like that, can change in an instant. Malachi 3.6 says this, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. What's he saying? He's saying, I am that rock. I am that steadfast security for you. That's why you're not consumed. That's why your enemies have never fully conquered you. Think of that little nation of Israel, really, about the size of New Jersey, right? <laughs> or, or, or whatever it is. Um, just how, how many times, think of this, the six-day war and how all the nations, you know, gathered up against them and, and God moved. But how many times in the scriptures, over and over and over and over, should they have been conquered by the Amalekites and by the Chaldeans and by the Babylonians, right? Who were huge and powerful and they came in and yet they were never consumed. Why? Because I, the Lord, do not change. He is their security and he is our security. And we can rest on him. He alone is the Almighty who has promised, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's security. No matter what 2021 wants to bring or beyond, no matter what's going on on the world scene, he is our security. Number four, purpose. Purpose. Psychologists tell us that we have a basic need to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. How many times in your life have you felt like you were on a hamster wheel going nowhere fast? Never been the case? Feel like you're spinning your wheels? Being productive is in our DNA. According to the Huffington Post, a recent 20-year study uh, conducted at Oregon State University found that otherwise healthy adults who worked just one more year past retirement age had an 11% lower risk of death from all causes, even when taking into account demographic lifestyle and health issues. Just working that one more year. Now, 11%, that's not astronomical, but it does tell us something, doesn't it? That having a reason to get out of bed in the morning can deeply affect our lives. So, purpose. Not only is our earthly purposefulness subject to health, Ability, circumstances, again, all of this stuff is shifting sand, if you will. But let's say, 
let's say let's 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 dream about purpose for a minute. Let's say that you or I single-handedly came up with a way to clean up the environment. Okay? We did it. Everything that they've been talking about, we did it, we cleaned up the environment, and then North Korea starts a nuclear war. Boom. Right? Or you or I discovered the cure for cancer. Yay! And then some other disease comes in and takes its place. So even at best, even at best, earthly purposefulness is transient. It's temporal. But God gives us eternal purpose, doesn't he? Eternal purpose. To worship him. To serve him. To influence others into a relationship with Jesus Christ. All things that have eternal ramifications. Past this life. Things that don't go away, right? So, what is it that ultimately provides you and I with a sense of purposefulness? Is it something temporal? Is it something transient? Is it something that, uh, you know, goes away? You you think about... um, you know, marriages sometimes that say, well, we, we stayed together for the kids, right? Because there was such, um, that, that, that was the purpose. And then when they got to the other side of that, the kids were gone. There was nothing, right? Um, earthly purposes can change. Jobs can change. Situations can change. Eternal purposes in God. That that gives our life that sense doesn't go away. Finally, hope. Let's look at hope for a minute. Doctors, economists, politicians, philosophers, experts in all kinds of areas make all kinds of promises to us, don't they? Promises based on things that are never under their control, right? They can say anything they want, but none of these things are under their control. Even if we do everything just like they said, if you do this and this and this and this, you're going to end up like this, maybe. But they don't control There is only one who has the final say. Only one who can promise and deliver every single time, right? The Lord, our rock. Psalm 146, beginning at verse 5, says, Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever. Blessed is the one whose hope doesn't rest in any of these other things, but rests in God himself. He is the one, Romans 8, that works all things together for good. He is the one, 1 Peter says, who offers to us an inheritance 
that, quote, is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So again, where should our sense of hope rest? In an election? In a vaccine? In this circumstance, that circumstance? Our hope has got to be firmly rooted in the only place that is truly secure, the Lord our rock. Amen? Let me close with this. You remember Peter who walked on the water, right? Got out of the boat, walked on water, walking to Jesus. Can we say this? He walked above turbulent, threatening circumstances, didn't he? Think of the, the wind and the waves. And, so on, and he walked above all of that. And then what happened? He took his eyes off of Jesus. took his eyes off of Jesus, started looking at the circumstances and what happened. He began to sink, didn't he, until Jesus caught him, right? You and I must look to and rest our eyes solely on the Lord. That we don't make the mistake to say, this is good, this is going good in my life, so I'm going to take, I mean, we do this even unconsciously, don't we? Subconsciously, this is going good. So now I, I just got this new job. Things are looking good. So I take my sense of hope, my, my sense of value, my sense of purpose, and, and I take it away from the Lord. I put it on this. I don't really do it like I'm thinking about it, like, Lord, I'm, I don't need you anymore. I've got this. But again, behind the scenes, in practice, we can do that. And we move our hope off of the rock and put it on something else. And then, boom, that relationship goes sour. Boom, that job goes sour. Boom, that situation changes. And it's like, bam, you know, two by four to the side of the head. Because we took our sense of these things off of the Lord and put them on worldly things. As I said, you know, in the in the uh, in, in the lay leader thing this morning, I, I found that I had done that to an extent. Um, in that, that I was hoping on on a situation, and and again, it it didn't happen, and and it rocked me. Um, and the Lord said, you know, you need to get in into the heart, shift things back around again, get back up on the rock. That's what I want to encourage you with. I don't know what's going to happen. I, as I look at the things on the world scene, I, I see a lot of things that are troubling, that are um, different from the world that I have known. Uh, changes that can take place rapidly and quickly, not, not just in regards to our country, but in regards to the whole world system. And, and I don't know where we are on the end times clock, but I know who holds the future. I know um, who has, again, that final say. And my plan 
is to make sure that I am lining all these things up to say, where is my love, value, purpose, security, hope? Where am I putting these things? Because if I put them on the Lord, I know that no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. And not only am I going to be okay, but then I'm going to be in a place to be able to give out to someone else. I'm going to be in a place for, for someone else to look to and say, why aren't you falling apart? Why, you know, and I'll say, because of Jesus Christ, because of the relationship he offers, because my hope is founded on the rock and you can too. And so God can use us from that place to be able to minister to the lives of other people. That's my plan. How about you? Amen. You and I have got to say with the psalmist, Psalm 16, 8, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Do you see that the, the part of that? I have set the Lord always before me. I have made the Lord the object of my rest for all these things. I've done that, right, in my heart. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. And then the Lord will say, Back to us, as that great Psalm 91 says, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. In other words, you have made the Lord the foundation for your life. You're looking to him for love, value, security, purpose, and hope. Therefore, he says, verse 15 of Psalm 91, when he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. My prayer, my hope, is that we would be a mountain. Right? no matter what is up ahead in these years. And that we wouldn't, we wouldn't be, you know, our conversations would not be like, well, gee, I don't know if this is going to happen. I don't know if that's going to happen. Gee, I hope so. I hope we have a better year this year. I hope that, right? My hope is that, that we would, in our conversations, The Lord is good. The Lord is faithful. God's going to get us through. God's going to be there for us. God's going to strengthen us. God has what we need and be encouraging to one another and to the world around us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Father, you reconciled us to yourself that we might be in that kind of relationship with you, that we might, as Jesus said, have life more abundantly. So, Lord, help us. Help us to consider. Help us to really dig deep in our hearts and say, where am I putting my trust and my hope? 
and make those changes. Make sure that we are resting on the rock and revisiting it often to make sure so that we can rise above no matter what's up ahead. Thank you, Lord, for being for us that strong, secure foundation for our lives. Consistent, immovable, you are our rock. And we praise you and we worship you. In your holy name we pray. Amen and amen. So that's where I want to be as we come to the communion table this morning. As we remember once again the sacrifice of Jesus upon the cross. As we remember the value that we have to him, enough for him to go. But the reason that he did, again, not just to get us to heaven someday, but to set our feet upon that rock, to put us into an everyday relationship with a heavenly father who loves us, who's there for us. Amen. Amen. So let's go ahead and open up that first section this morning. Just bow your heads with me. Oh, Lord. We do praise you. We do thank you, Jesus, for going to that cross for us. As we we look at our hearts, Lord, would you reveal any place that we need to shift, that we need to put in the proper order, that we need to uh, consider and offer up to you. Any sin, any fault, any failure that we need to confess before you, not... uh, not, not to wallow in guilt and shame, but to look at in the face of the cross that Jesus' blood was shed to not only cover that sin, but to give us that relationship with you that will strengthen us and transform us from the inside out. Speak to us, Lord.
Silence is a good thing, isn't it, sometimes? I don't think we get enough of it. Jesus on that night took the bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. As often as you would eat it, do it in remembrance of me. Let's partake together the symbol of the Lord's broken body. and open the bottom section carefully. And I know the juice is white. Don't know how the, that glitch happened, but uh, let's, let's think of righteousness, that the blood of Jesus cleanses us, makes us whiter than snow. Amen. Likewise, on that night, Jesus took the cup he said, drink of it, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood. That covenant that guarantees us a rock for under our feet. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your shed blood for us. Let's partake together this symbol of the Lord shed blood. Thank you, Lord. Once again, Lord, we worship you. We thank you for so great a grace that we stand in. That which you, that new and living way, Lord, that you opened by the cross, that we could come into this kind of a relationship with you, a grace that we can't earn, a grace that we can't deserve, but is given to us as a gift, a gift of your love, a gift that only requires that we believe. You are, Lord, to us, our all in all. We give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>